Welcome back to the Twisted Belts Podcast. We are back with Kevin today. Hi, Kevin. Hey, how you doing? Good. I'm doing good. It's been a week. It's been a long week, but we were back at it. So, well, that's good. That's good. It's been it's been a long few days for me. I just got back from uh, Texas at one o'clock in the morning last night. Jeez. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. It was. Uh, so it wasn't was, a long drive. It was about about three hours there, three hours ish back. But you you went to pick up that mill. I, I remember seeing that. Yeah. Yep. So. Went to you're, pick up the mill. You're it, making, uh, I got it at auction. Sorry, I don't mean to talk over you, Matt. But you're uh, you're fine. Yeah, I, I I got it at auction. Um, public surplus, man. I love I love that website. They got all sorts of cool stuff from colleges and trade schools, and and the schools sometimes they get rid of stuff that they don't really know what they got. So I mean, I picked up a mm-hmm. a, a nice Grizzly G zero six one nine modeled uh, milling machine that was just missing the table. And I got it for like 265 bucks and, and I kind of bought it on accident while I was sleeping. Cause I set a bid the night before. And when I fell mm-hmm. asleep, uh, I woke up a few hours after the, the, the auction ended, uh, to a congratulation email saying you want it for 265 bucks. Cause that was, you can put in like a high bid and they can bid up to that amount. And so I want yep. it for, for, for cheap, cheap. Uh, I called up Grizzly today Actually, and because I think they stopped making those around 2015 ish, that style. Okay. Uh, and I called them called them up today to see about spare parts and missing the the saddle and the table. And it's only going to cost me like maybe 160 bucks to to get the parts to get this three and a half thousand dollar milling machine up and running. That's awesome. That's absolutely mm-hmm. awesome. So, all right. Now you said the school CNC'd it, or what's going or what happened there? Well. So I, from what I can tell, and I talked to the guys uh, that I picked it up from, and when I picked it up from them, they have this this whole warehouse. Not every place has their own warehouse, but the U- University of North, North Texas has essentially their own warehouse just for storing and selling their stuff at auction. And it's just massive, like loading docks for okay. semis and everything. This is big. While I was there, they were selling like this this like electron microscope, this eight foot tall chunk of stainless steel with everything hanging out of it. They say, Oh yeah, that sold for 15, $20,000. And, uh, anyway, I, I, I got off on a tangent, but, uh, when I was talking to the people here, (laughs) yeah, they said that, uh, they were going to set it up for CNC and that's why the table's missing is because they pulled it off to mount some motors, some, some steppers or servos or stuff to the axes and all the pulleys on the whole machine are missing because they were making adapters to turn it over to CNC. Okay. Uh, and it has some electronics on it that one's like a s- extra safety switch for the spindle. And then you have like a Z axis stop that they added, but they just never finished seeing, seeing it. And okay. when I took it uh, yesterday, I took it to the machine shop today, plugged it in and ran it through its paces and there's nothing wrong with it. It's just missing the table. And some handles. Awesome. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and finish their project that they didn't finish. That's awesome. That's going to be fun. That's going to be a blast to have one at home to do, be able to put out CNC products on. Yeah. And the table is like, I think, six inches by, or I'm sorry. Yeah, that was at 16 or six inches by 21, something along the lines okay, of that. Okay, so that's a decent so sized table. It's just like bare. It's yeah, smaller, it's, it's a, but you think like decent. the small, you think of like the small little thousand dollar Milling machines, uh, thousand fifteen hundred dollar milling machines. They're essentially glorified mini drill presses with a table on it, an XY yes. table. And this one has dovetails on the Z axis, 
which which makes it the stability a lot better the machine like without the table right now is well over 400 pounds and we stuck it in the back of my truck uh so the thing's mm-hmm. built built solid it's like an in-between of a full-size knee mill and one of those smaller mini hobby machines it's like a medium good compromise so i mean it's big enough I might be able to, to adapt it out and then maybe do like a he- like milling, like one cylinder head at a time, just some doing, see what I can okay. accomplish with it. That would be awesome. But it's, cer- be cool. it's certainly big enough be able to do like that with. deck your own LS heads or whatnot. Yeah. Well, the biggest thing is, is I'd like to, to get in like the, so the small, small engine, uh, machining essentially. Cause it, okay. Oklahoma, like we've talked about before is like racing lawnmowers and the, the, the yard yep. carts and stuff like that. And people that don't, know much about it but want to get their kids into it they'll pay just god's amount of money for for a tiny mm-hmm. little cylinder head like that just ported or uh or decked or yep trust me i'm aware because back when i was a kid that's i was into tractor pulling so i was into garden tractor pulling and uh oh, that's i awesome. would pull i had like a yep i had a sears and i had a cub cadet growing up and the sears had a 16 horse tecumseh on it that i uh i kind of dicked out and like back in the day i was getting like i was 12 to 14 years old and i was getting into weld up rig grinds on my own camshaft so i'd literally weld up my own camshafts degree them and everything and regrind them down so if any of my friends are listening to this from my you know my youth yeah i was in pulling and stock classes that are supposed to have stock camshafts they weren't anything stock but anyway (laughs) 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 but but yes no i understand like we were doing that we were uh welded up and uh Milling heads and whatnot, so welding up and getting tighter combustion chambers and setting up like port flow and all that kind of stuff. So I understand exactly what you're talking about. That I mm-hmm. that's like that's a whole nother realm of things that I've wanted to get into because you I've shown you photos of my like I don't have the setup you have, but I have that little bench top lathe and that bench top mill. Mm-hmm. And again, now knowing you're know, like knowing now. If I knew then what I knew now type situation, now that I have this equipment, I really, really want to like see if I can find a couple just uh, used engines or whatever, just small engines just to toy with. And I have a couple mm-hmm. still, but and just mm-hmm. do what you're saying, just like mill heads, you know, TIG weld stuff and just get back into that small engine stuff. But you know me, I got a lot of irons in the fire, so it's it's something that, I want to do. And at one point sure. it's going to happen. <laughs> Yeah, but yes, it's one thing I want to do at some point, but and like I want to build drift trikes for me and my son. So sons. So that's gonna happen one day. But right now it's just all the other business stuff and whatnot. But yes, that's that's fun. And that's like that's a whole nother like I've gotta get in touch with you of like like more stuff I need to get for the lathe at some point in the mill and like that DRO I was talking to you about. It's one of those mm. like I, I know enough to be dangerous and that's about it. <laughs> I'm gonna get your foot in the door, uh, just with that hobby stuff. So I it, it really it it opens up into subcategories of, of everything when it comes to hobby wise uh-huh. if you just have those two little machines and and it's way more like starting out you don't know what you don't know and then when you start getting your your exactly your feet wet, it's just it's a snowball uh-huh but like i got that that first bench top uh that bench top lathe and i had it I think for a whopping 12 hours before I was hammering out uh, like spacers and stuff for the S10 build. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Awesome. I think, like, I think you remember 
I think I remember you telling me about all of that. Like you, you barely got it, and you were you're knocking knocking out parts. <laughs> I was so I was so excited. I like I I've always wanted even just like, and that's like a lot of people. I'm hoping a lot of listeners, you know, they're like the bigger rigs are allowed are out of a lot of people's budgets, but it's like these smaller ones you could find used. They they allow you to do so much stuff. Even if you're just going entry level and getting your feet wet and then moving on to the bigger stuff. Yeah. Uh, what the, the biggest obstacle I would think like, is it, I mean, it's more like the size and the weight and the, the, the type of wiring you have to do to allow these machines to run. A lot of these are even some of the smaller machines are three phase. Uh, so yeah. not necessarily, I would, I would argue that not really the cost is a giant factor because you can, you can buy a two or $3,000 bench top mini lathe. Uh, but you can also go to mm-hmm. an auction like I did and pick up uh, a whole full 13 by 40 inch uh, lathe for for cheaper. But the thing is, it, it runs on three phase electricity. So then you have to you figure out how to convert it. And the thing weighs over over a ton, well over a ton. Mm-hmm. And nobody's going to be able to just move that by themselves. And trust me, I've done it with a crane and it's it's scary. It, it really is scary trying yeah. to get something that weighs that much that that top heavy off of a trailer mm-hmm. yeah and like for me it's size like i don't have the room i would love to one day i would love to but one day i will mm-hmm. but right now i don't so again it's like for again for a lot of the you know listeners we have if you're just doing stuff from home or whatever the small stuff will get you through you'll get your feet wet you'll kind of figure out what you're missing out on and you'll you'll like i had mine and i now I know like, yep, I know why everyone said go bigger. <laughs> so, but <laughs> still it works. It works good for what I have, <laughs> but, but yes, that's exciting. Mm-hmm. All right. So next topic you were saying mm-hmm. that you wanted to talk about. Oh yeah. Uh, have you, have you heard about the, the truckers in Canada? I know that's kind of like been a big thing up there for about, about yes. two weeks. Uh, I've been keeping tabs. Oh, trust me. It's already, it's like already 20. Yeah, it's already uh, it's already affecting some of the things from my day to day as well, which I'm fine with. Really, then that's that's but, a yeah. question I was going to bring up too. Is is how much how many Canadian parts are we bringing over? Because I know my Camaro back there. You can see back there that that thing. All the wiring yep. was done in Mexico, but the whole thing was assembled like seven or eight miles across the Canadian border to save on something or other. Yeah. So I know that's all those bridges and and yeah. ports clogging up is. With the truckers, that's that's yep. going to be bringing stuff. We're, to we're already still. seeing it. Which, Man. thankfully, we're still getting some stuff. But um, I'm busy, so I'm fine with that. But but we are seeing it, so it's awesome. Yeah, I, I, I fully support I, it. I've heard some. I've heard some rumors that they're going to start one here soon, very soon. Uh, yeah, as late. I've heard the same thing. March, Cal- but within like, the next few days, possibly California yeah, to like Oklahoma, loop down Texas, yep. and come back up to DC. Yep. I've heard the same thing, so that's gonna be yeah. exciting if that if that actually cracks off. Yeah, I, I if if they come through my town because I mean I'll mess up some City. things. Come, I'm sure I have no doubt, but yeah, it, it'll be exciting if, if they come through my town. I might I might just think about joining them, depending on how my next weeks look like. <laughs> if I have some free time or what, I mean I have no problem supporting that's awesome something like that, and they are 100 percent oh, yeah. the, the lifeblood uh, of of essentially everything. Yes. You aren't getting pretty much anything into yeah. stores or shelves without, without these truckers. And you, you have to respect yep. their opinion. Uh, 
mm-hmm. don't really have to agree with them, but you have to respect their opinion because, I mean, not doing it has some grave consequences <laughs> if if uh, yeah. if you decide to to screw them over. I wholeheartedly, like, oh yeah, I, a lot of people. I, I think a lot of people don't understand how much stuff is shipped via trucks around the nation and how much it's going to mm-hmm. affect their lives. It's it, like, again, a lot of people are sleeping at the wheel here. So, oh, and, and I actually, once I started seeing all that, it started opening my eyes to how many semis are on the road. And I was completely just, just, just blinders on driving, completely ignoring them. Yep. Like they weren't even there. It was just something you see so often you ignore them. But like any of the listeners, like look tomorrow, how many you pass just on your way to work or something? I mean, it's hundreds. They're they're almost yeah. on the highway, almost more semis than there are cars, and you don't even think about it. It's it's ridiculous yep. how many I see now. Yes, and like and it affects every part of your life. That's like any kind of shipping, any kind of you know product. Like again, your Amazon purchases, or mm-hmm. for me, it's like the parts to fix customers' vehicles. And we're, we're already seeing stuff like there's, there's some other things getting shut down because of it from the one in Canada. I got to watch what I say, but I, I, as a dealership technician, I am seeing the impact already. And we're just talking about the Canadian one. So wait till the Mm -hmm. American one kicks off, which is supposed to be happening soon. That's going to really wake people up. Which yeah, needs to happen. I, I've heard that. But, I've, oh yeah, one hundred percent. Like, and like I said, I agree with their causes, and nobody has to agree with me, and nobody has to agree with their mm-hmm. causes. But it's something that that you should take seriously because it, it does affect you massively. Just the just the average day to day person. But yes, I I wholeheartedly agree. So, do you got any other updates? Anything going um, on with the Camaro or anything? No, not with the Camaro. Uh, I don't know if I told you last uh, last podcast or not. I went ahead and hung my uh, – I got electricity out of my property. I know we talked about yep. that last time. Uh, they I had the electricity company come out, hang a transformer, 200-amp service, and drop the meter box. Uh, I went out there, I don't know, last week or – I don't remember if this was around the time we talked, but I hung my own 200-amp breaker box, uh, exterior – or I'm sorry, uh, outdoor-rated uh, breaker okay. box. Um, and I'm, I'm kind of torn on whether or not to hire an electrician just to wire up that like one foot of wiring in between. And, and I, I just, I don't know. It's kind of like I'm getting old now and I don't know if I'd rather just hire it out and not have to deal with bending the four gauge wire <laughs> that goes oh, yeah. to the box or, or however, however large it is. I don't know if it's four gauge. That was just off the top of my head. Uh, but that's done. And, and, um, I don't know. We might be moving next week. I might be moving in two months. It's just I'm kind of feeling it by here. As you can see behind me, the shop has been cleaned out, but there's still a whole bunch of crap here. Uh, <laughs> all my shelves that I have behind me, they're all retail shelves. It's freaking 40 feet of of all these shelves behind me that I need to pack up and figure out where to store because everything off the shelves besides like the used oil bottles has already been packed up. So it's just storing okay. the shelves themselves. I, I don't have... A place for them. I'll have to go get some storage containers if uh, if it comes to that, or buy some of those more har- more of those Harbor Freight little tarp tarp sheds that they have, which they're not bad quality. Yeah. I got two of them so far, and for the cost, I mean, two hundred thirty ish dollars for a, a ten mm-hmm. by seventeen fully enclosed with like a, a, a double zippered door is 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 a is a pretty good pretty good deal. 
That's awesome. Yeah. yeah I've no, been, I've, uh, uh, I've been working I've on been, the... Go on. Oh, sorry. You go ahead. I've been working on the business stuff. I've been working on the advanced dollar boost. That's been coming. Like, I... I <laughs> I'm getting not lazy, but trying to like streamline production. So I literally made my own tester unit for it. So that way I can literally plug and play units for mass production. Um, besides for that, it's been a bunch of 3D printing oddball stuff for customers and S10 projects coming along. I'm starting to print more of my uh, uh, suspension brackets. So that way I can test them in on the frame before I have them plasma cut. So. Gotcha. Which is nice. This is all this is all stuff from the CAD design stuff that I've been doing lately. But awesome. I've Looks almost like a got shot. I've almost got that. <laughs> yeah, it's actually it is um the it should be the driver's passenger size, passenger side, front lower control arm, the rear part of the mount. So I'll have three adjustment okay. holes. The middle one's gonna be the normal, and then I can go up or down just to change uh roll center height and stuff like that. But but yeah, so I've been doing a lot of that, just trying to tinkering, and hasn't been. It's been a lot of work. It's been a lot of work at work. But, but <laughs> yeah, speak, speaking of, of like the uh, advanced dial a boost, uh, I'm trying to get back into the circuitry and electronics and stuff, and and okay. one of the things that I think is is going to help me is I ended up purchasing there. There was the the master course for mechanics mindset, and okay, uh, they have a whole giant course on oscilloscopes and like picoscopes and stuff like that. And I have a picoscope and I have yep. like the high amp clamps, the low amp clamps, the, the attenuator, like I just, or just absolutely everything uh, to mm-hmm. do with that. And I'm like, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and, and drop the dime on that course so I can get a nice refresher and, and start working on maybe some of the stuff with you possibly. And some of the yeah. my own stuff that trans I have controller that I have ideas trans- with. Yeah. The trans controller, man. And and honestly, I need to to hook the Pico scope up to my truck because I don't I don't believe my uh, my torque converter is locking up now. <laughs> anyone uh, anyone listening to the podcast? Yes, we are talking about the trans controller because I get emailed and messaged about this constantly. No oh, kidding. Yeah. Hey, I, and it, one of those was was messaging me messaging you about it too. So that's something that I want done too. Not just not just other people. So we're talking about it. Uh, I I again. I've learned a pile of coding since I've start. Like when I first started that whole project, I looked at it. I started it back in 2017. I have learned a Dang. stupid amount of coding, and I ended up like I ended up scrapping. Like we're gonna just start over because I've learned so much in coding since then. I would not code it the same way. So like I've had a couple people reach out to me like I saw your YouTube video. I love what you did there. Are you going to release the code or anything soon? I'm like that code scares me. So no, (laughs) like I don't want that attached to my name. (laughs) Exactly. I actually, I just had, I had a guy message me and get very angry at me that I wouldn't give him the code. And I'm like, no, that's like, I don't want to release that because that code is horrendous. Cause again, I was just learning. I don't want to offend you with it. I'm helping you. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So anyone listening? Yes, we are working on advanced dollar boost. It's going to come or sorry, not advanced dollar boost. I'm working on advanced dollar boost. We're also going to be working on the, uh, the transmission controller. I would love it to run the for all 60 for all 80 and i kind of wanted to run the six speeds as well we're going to take a look into this because i've i've actually since you and i have talked i have looked into it 
because I'm kind of wanting to get my hands on um, like a GM six speed to play with um, mm-hmm. for whatever, but maybe toss it in the firebird. Cause like the firebird I've been having like bad ideas with and long story short. Anyway, uh, it would be kind of a nice platform for doing four speeds and six speeds, having one controller do a bunch of different transmissions. So mm-hmm. make it universal. Yeah. That's, that's something that I need to start, start prodding ECUs, some stock ECU stock trans trucks and, and others plenty that I know, and then start reading off how it's controlling it. So I know, what kind of circuitry and what kind of software we need to make one by, I mean, first we need to know what it's doing. Yes. And like, I have all the GM books for like the for all 60 and 80. I think you do too, at least the digital versions of them. So yeah, the digital, which are extremely hard to search by the way, when it comes to something specific, uh, like duty cycles of solenoids and stuff like that. Like there's, but they're in there. I found them. Of. So yeah. like yeah. the four, the four LED stuff. That's where I found a lot of the duty cycles for like uh, pulse swift modulating the um the line pressure control solenoid and the torque converter mm-hmm. clutch apply solenoid. And between that and like my access to all that and whatnot because of my day job, I've got all the strategies of how one of those works. Definitely with like the ADE because I was playing with that controller I was talking to you about before. I have that mm-hmm. kind of figured out. We'll have to figure out like six speed strategies, what six speeds we want to run. Cause I'll be honest with you. My GM transmission uh, experience drops off like a rock at the four ADE. So I, I know GM made a six speed. I have no idea what they even look like. So we're going to have to, mm-hmm. I'll have to work with you a little bit. From, Cause I know you've got from what I know. Them. And my, my personal friends who have had, was it the six L 80 or six L 90, or I don't know if there's two different. That sounds right. One of them had, had, had them in his new truck. And, and from what I gathered from my friends of telling me it's, it's not as strong as, as what it should be. And, and you think I'm, they're trying to fit two more, gears in a in a mm-hmm. case approximately the same size so they're yep. making everything just slightly smaller trying to shrink that in there maybe hopefully getting a little bit stronger materials to make those parts out of but still like there's no replacement for having something beefy and and you think i don't know if the people listening know i mean you, you talk about a 4l80 it's a four-speed mm-hmm. longitudinal transmission meant for about an eight thousand pound gross vehicle uh, so that's how that's yeah. set up. And when it comes to the 6L80, 6L90, you think of 8,000 or 9,000 gross vehicle. Uh, and and from what I'm seeing, just stock trucks. And they're they're having a hard time keeping the trains in them. So uh, I, I know there's probably some aftermarket upgraded parts, but mm-hmm. uh, I don't I don't think they're as strong as what they're named. Yeah. And and as a, like as i said i haven't had a lot of experience with them so i don't know like again i don't know like my my whole knowledge base with the gm transmissions drops at 4l ede 60e ade mm-hmm. i can rebuild both of them practically blindfolded at this point i'm used to them it's just once you hop into the 6 speeds i wasn't sure if that was a whole joint venture like the 10 speeds are now where the like you have 6l80 6l90 where with ford we have 6r80 6r 6R60, 6R80, I think. I, I know it's 6R80 for one of them. That's like the F-150 trans. So I wasn't sure if it was a joint venture between Ford and GM where they're kind of the same transmission inside. Uh-huh. So I'm not sure. Like, it's all it's all things I got to figure out. But anyone listening to the podcast, yes, we're working on it. We're going to be – I have been slowly researching that. It's just, again, you and I are both extremely busy. 
but yeah, yes, it, it's, it's tough. We it's are, tough. <laughs> yeah, definitely. When this is your side gig, this is this is it's we got a lot on our plates. But mm-hmm. anyone listening, yes, they are on our radar, and I'm actively working on the advanced dollar boost currently because I'm trying to be better at getting one project done at a time, and by one I mean three. But you know, <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> so it's like S10 advanced dollar boost and the 3D stuff I've been printing for customers is what I've been doing currently. But once the I've got the advanced dollar boost, me and uh, David Smith are working on that pretty good, and we're tr- we're getting closer to getting that thing ready to come out to market so awesome 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 that'll be fun four stages boost by time boost by input uh boost cut so it'll work with a map or a map sensor and everything so like all the the stuff that you kind of had to do outside the simple dollar boost is getting fixed in the advanced dollar boost it's just all internal so um so yeah, it, it's going to be, I'm, I'm happy with how development's coming out currently. I've made a whole bench tester and everything so I can really start just like t- messing with it. I'm one of those guys. I like to code everything for contingencies. So I like to in, like just throw faults at it, like stuff that it's probably never going to see and try mm-hmm. to figure out how it responds and kind of code for that. So I can make sure it's like, if the customer ever runs into this, it's not going to just like, you know, stop working so <laughs> yeah i mean that, that's a good do thing the, to implement too yeah like do all the things i see from my daily experience working on the products i work on which is fords everyone knows i'm a ford tech like do all the things like i wish this engineer would have tried it this way and seen this kind of fault and like done something about it so well and, and honestly when it comes to engineers and and i know some engineers too from what i talking to them they do know that stuff. It's it's when it comes to implementing the stuff to production and to market, they get overran by yes. managers that sit in offices that that work on spreadsheets of bean profit count. and loss reports and, and yeah, 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 bean counting. And so they know that stuff. It's just they're told not to do certain stuff or to hold back on certain stuff for for profit reasons or yeah. for time management or assembly line preferences or something. Yeah, I'm I'm more talking along the lines of like when you have to read release like i don't know eight updates for the same module because you keep coding it wrong that's what i'm kind of talking about where they would they where they would probably fix that if they knew what they were doing the first go round. but (laughs) okay 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 i got you now not more more code compared to physical design Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, did y'all get much snow with that storm that came through last week i know from uh from watching the the national reports Oh, the whole everything east of Oklahoma going northeast was was hit pretty bad. We personally did not. We got a pile of ice. My parents okay. in my hometown area got hammered. So we got like maybe three, four inches. It wasn't a lot. It was mainly ice. We got a bunch of ice. They got four feet. Dang, four feet. <laughs> uh-huh. Losing losing yeah. children in the snow drifts. That's that's the kind of snow I was used to growing up in. That that like it mm-hmm. wasn't super common, but like we always measured snow in feet. Whenever we talked to someone, it wasn't like okay, you got a half a foot of snow, or you got a foot of snow, or a foot and a half of snow. We never measured it in inches. Like I didn't even mm-hmm. know that was a thing until where I moved to now, where they measure in inches. I'm like, oh, why why are you measuring it in, in these such small increments? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm happy about that, but I was like, oh, that's that's weird. 
Except it's not weird around here because everyone that's how they measure it. Like, okay, I just have to adjust a little. <laughs> yeah, but but yeah, I, I I remember looking back to my my first winter uh, going up to Great Lakes, Illinois, and it was like I, it was feet of snow, man, and it was so cold too. Like we just had to walk mm-hmm. a few hundred feet to uh, to a school from the barracks, and like your eyeballs, just the water on your eyeballs are, are freezing on your eyeball. Yes. You can't even see it just crystallizes, just nose hairs, just instantly stuck and breaking off. And it's just, yep. you don't understand how leaky a human body is until it all starts freezing. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Oh yeah. Or the face insulation where like it literally, you know, the, just the water coming out just freezes on your beard or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's always, fun. well, I mean, I, I wasn't that's allowed a beard beard in the in oh the yes but yes. <laughs> now i am right. as as you can see it's it's a solid we, yeah it's a solid foot maybe maybe 14 inches long here yeah yeah yep no i i i grow longer beards now and then but then chin strap for you know helmet so i cut mm-hmm. it back a little bit but hey <laughs> to each their own yeah um so oklahoma how much snow did you get we got well where I'm at, maybe six inches, maybe a little bit more. Okay, so that's not, and we that's only not bad. we only saw like maybe a quarter of an inch of ice where I'm at, so it wasn't really a lot of ice. And you're not mm-hmm. talking about like tree branches breaking off into like over half an inch, three quarters of an inch, an inch of ice, and that's when it really starts uh, wading down tree branches. You start hearing those shotgun pops in the middle of the night of, of those mm-hmm. branches breaking off, but it really wasn't that bad, and it heated back up relatively fast yeah so i mean i like i like that type of that type of snow and then i was had to turn the ac on yesterday when i drove down to texas because it heated back up again (laughs) this week has been nice like i've i've been walking like mainly it was yesterday yesterday we had mid 40s and it's sunny and i'm outside like i'll i'll have to go out to grab a vehicle or whatever to pull in the shop and I walk around the sh- the the parking lot just in my work uniform, no sweatshirt, no nothing. I'm like, oh, this is awesome! Mm-hmm. At forty four degrees, I loved yeah. it. Though it was t shirt weather. I mean, that that's like I couldn't even imagine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I, it, and I, I I'd prefer the cold than to the heat. And I, I think I've said this before. I'd rather be ten degrees than one hundred and ten any day of the week. Yes, uh, I yeah. just I don't. I cold. I feel so clean. When it's cold outside, you get that little crispness. It's like your whole body's in a in a in a peppermint. It's just when, it, when oh, it's yeah. 110 degrees outside, and you just get hit with swamp in the face, and just everything's sweating and nasty, and you're chafing, and your socks are soaked from just walking. It I don't yep. I don't like heat. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm I'm always like a 65, very low 70s, low humidity. Mm-hmm. That's but my, my, my buddy Jonathan. I don't know if we told you the story, but normally every time that a major repair needs to be done on one of my vehicles it is it is, yes. is zero degrees in snowing like we did an engine in my dodge nitro a few years ago and it was just pouring down sleet and ice and snow the whole time we were tearing this engine out and putting an engine in and i think last time i worked on my transmission it, it was it was cold and i asked him to come over and just keep me company so because i mean if i don't have somebody else here i'm not going to do it um yeah, that laziness. <laughs> I mean, even yeah, if geez. even if nobody's holding a flashlight or holding the wrench for me, it's just nice to to chit chat with someone the standing chat. there while while you're yeah, doing see, all like, the work. And see, like I've always been the one where I just like 
everyone leave and leave me be and i just do do my thing <laughs> which now and then i'll have my buddy myron over and we'll 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 chit chat and work a little bit but for the most part like the s10 the firebird they were all i was just kind of turn headphones on get music going and away i go mm-hmm. but i guess it's just tech life that's just the way i've been my entire life so mm-hmm. but i was gonna bring up does john listen to the podcast I think he does. Uh, a lot okay. of the time, well, though, I don't know how much he's retaining, though, because uh, I know a lot of it's probably while he's working and wrenching and, and doing all that. Stuff. Hi, John. So probably playing in the background. <laughs> hey, Jonathan. <laughs> Hi, John. Hey, a nice Kia you got there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, 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 that Ford trade in. This, this is going to be a pick on John moment. So, he. <laughs> He uh, he messaged me about the escape starting to drink coolant, and he's like, "Man, I'm gonna have to fix this." I'm like, "No, you're not." He's like, "Yeah, yeah." I'm like, "I'm thinking in the back of my head. I've done probably 75, 80 of those one five short blocks now for coolant consumption." So I sent him all the mm-hmm. photos and everything. It's like you need four boxes of Ford Special Tooling just to time that engine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and from yeah, what I he was he, saying, that I guess they don't have timing keys or anything. It's just you set it up with the tooling and you tighten it down and hope it's good enough for it to compensate. Yes. And that's exactly what's going on. So those one fives they have, because I've, I can about do this whole blindfolded anymore. There's no keyways whatsoever. So the camshaft gears or phasers or whatever you want to call them have no keyway or taper to the cams. They are literally like the shaft they ride on right on is straight. So they're not a taper shaft or anything. Bolt torque holds them in place. So they are literally butt to butt and bolt torque holds that thing in time. So you pretty much take a plug out the side of the motor. You put in this special uh, dowel holder and you rotate the crank to where there's a machined part of the crank throw that goes up against the stop once you thread it into the block. That'll get the crank where it's supposed to be. Then you got to pull the starter out. You got to hold the, there's a uh, flex plate holder where it goes right in the flywheel teeth or the flex plate teeth. And that will hold the crankshaft from turning at that point. Then you pop cam caps or the cam phaser uh, gear caps off and then pull those bolts out. And then you finish, you know, get the head off, put the new head on. When you go to time it, there is a machined flat plate that goes in the back of the um, camshafts that hold those two in line. Then there's another tool that holds the phasers where they're supposed to be. At that point, you can torque everything that's torque to yield. And you also have another um, timing tool for the cam or sorry, for the crank pulley. Because they embedded the crank pulley, uh, the pickup for the crankshaft position sensor is one of those like round magnets that's built into the crank pulley. And that is also timed to the crank. However, there again, there's no keyways anywhere. So you got to have literally a whole bunch of tools to time that motor. And if you mess up a little bit, it will they bend the rods. They sure showed the, the shade tree things. mechanic. Yeah, they, they sure showed up? the shade tree mechanic. Like, yeah. you want to work on your own stuff? We're this, not going to let like, you. This is <laughs> That was that oh, was a good three minutes of you, describing hey, just the tooling. He, <laughs> he, he could have totally done it. And OTC sells the tooling. I've looked into it. It's almost $4,000. Welcome to Right to Repair. You're able yep. to do it. I know You're back when I was doing home. some of the uh, four. Oh yeah, I know when I was starting to do some of the the four liter 
rebuilds on the V6 uh, Mustangs that I, I got their whole like okay, cam yep. kit or whatever. And I used, I yes. think like twice, uh, but because they got the front and rear timing chain yes, and stuff. The rear timing chain. They got going chain, and counterbalance yep. shafts and all sorts of stuff. I miss those things. Uh, those are so but, easy. I mean, think, oh, think, those like, are I easy. Got, I got those little <laughs> Chinese tooling kits. So like none of the stuff, I'll show it to you. I, well, actually, I think I have it packed away in my school bus out on the land, but came in a little red case and the stuff wasn't even welded together with filler it was tig welded together without filler <laughs> like the whole like all the blocks yeah. and the spacers and everything <laughs> so i mean it's not the good quality it got me through it got me through a few of those engines but i don't know how much longer it's gonna last but but yeah me and john were talking about that i like i sent him all the screenshots from from for timing that motor because i just took a bunch of screenshots and i was like here i think i sent him like 12 or 13 photos of just oh man and it wasn't all of it it was just a relative like sky that looking down view of how to time that one five and all of them are like that and they're getting worse. So (laughs) it's, it's absolutely insane, which again, if you have all the tooling at home, you technically can do it. All the tooling is available through OTC if you want it, but you have to buy it. And not only that, you have to have like the snap on scan tool will do some of the relearn, but won't do it all. So you'll normally throw lights at the end. So you, again, you got to get the Ford scan tool out. So I have yet to see an independent repair shop do that repair correctly, but I've been in a lot of them that messed it up. <laughs> so, Hey, I mean, job security. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. It, it's, I mean, for now anyway, until like, everything swaps over yeah. to the new, new, like, uh, new, new, uh, what do you call those things? Uh, electric electric. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it's one of those, like I am, I'm very pro right to repair, but I think a lot of those people that are fighting for right to repair don't understand how far the technology has come mm-hmm. and just flat out don't understand just the, a lo- the yeah, sheer there's level of the amount of roadblocks they can put in, even if right to repair is perfectly fine. The amount of roadblocks that somebody can engineer into working on stuff is ridiculous. Yeah. And it's like you got to remember, like a robot is putting this motor together on the line, which makes sense for, we'll say, well, to pick up Ford Motor Company because that's what I work on for Ford Motor yeah. Company who it basically established the yeah they're, they're they're the ones who basically established yes. the whole assembly line yes and it makes sense for them to have a robot build that engine but the thing is is the second that engine needs serviced and you got to take it apart and work on it that's when like these you know lower entry level mechanics or people that just aren't trained up in this stuff they're they're going to be left in the dust I've I've been seeing it. I mean, it's the, this is not the your normal like graduate high school and just get into auto mechanics. It's like you've got to any more trade. And this is like I harp on trade schools. Like trade schools are absolutely awesome. Anyone listening to this, I mean, you don't have to go to college, but get into a trade school. Get into something that's going to teach you a bunch. And like any more, you just can't pick up auto mechanics just by working in a shop. You've got to get some some book knowledge and book knowledge isn't everything, but having the knowledge and understand more understanding of why they're doing what they're doing is key to doing this as a profession anymore. But Mm -hmm. as I said, tangents are welcome. Yeah. There's a, there's a big difference on, on book smart and street smart. So you can understand something completely and not know how to do it, even though you understand it completely. So if you've never done it, well, it, you're just going to be exactly. bumbling around. Yep. 
yeah, it's it's one of those things where you gotta like I I work with a couple of guys and I don't think they listen to my podcast. And if they do, well, you're gonna get heads up anyway. So it's like it's one of those things where it's like a lot of them are like I learn by doing, which is like I understand that, but you have to have a, a knowledge base of why are you doing it. You know what I mean? Like you gotta you gotta understand why you're doing what you're doing, not just just because oh this xyz part failed i'm just gonna replace the part well why did it fail and like have yeah. the knowledge behind it to back that up and figure out you know okay this part took out this part and this part failed because xyz so on so forth kind of like people like again really elementary setup of be like people throw just oh battery failed so i'm gonna pop battery in it well did you test the alternator to see if the alternator is bad okay is the alternator yep. bad if it is bad did it like is it bad because the pcm took it out or is well, it just yeah that yeah diode? yeah i was just about to or, mention that too i was like so the, the the alternator well now all the pulse width modulation on the alternators like the alternator could test good the battery could test bad you're like oh it's a bad battery no you possibly have a bad pcm or, or yeah or ecm like, yep and you gotta like you gotta find root cause and like okay is it the only layer failed because a diode inside the the tra- you know the diode trio or whatever failed and that's the you know that's the root cause or is it because the alternator is testing bad because it's doing stuff that it's getting told to do so it's not actually bad but the thing telling it that that information is bad or is that information getting corrupted because of a wiring issue or you know so on so forth and so many people, like your average day automo, like auto driver or you know driver period, doesn't understand the amount of technology in their cars anymore. It's it's insane. So yeah, they, I, don't, I, don't, I, I, I don't think that people have enough respect for the their own equipment when it comes to that. And there, there's so many people that just just are oblivious to to what's in their car that drive it day to day and just don't do the oil mm-hmm. change and, and stuff. Oh, it's just always going to work because oh. I bought a car and it's just always going to work. And yeah. then I don't know anything about it. It's just always going to work because it's a car or no, or they buy all that stuff. Yep. Or they buy like they buy outside their means. So they bought like they get to work True. Get into a monthly payment. Like, Oh, I can afford the monthly payment on like a Mercedes Benz. That needs all kinds of maintenance, and the maintenance is expensive as all get out. You know what I mean? Or Audi transmissions or or cooling systems. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. And 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 I saw was it since I went to uh, when I the reason I went down to Texas was was to go see uh, Dr. Jordan Peterson. He there was Mm -hmm. an event at the the Toyota Pavilion Center. There and they had a, a Toyota, obviously inside the Toyota Pavilion Center, and they had a sticker sheet on it. So. Well, it showed on the on the yeah, on the on the sticker sheet, it showed like what the monthly maintenance cost should be. So at least like people, it's, it's the information is there. It's just nobody's looking at it. Yeah. Yep. And I'll I'll like I am a Toyota fanboy. My wife's in an eighteen Rav Four. Like that, I can guarantee you the maintenance on a Toyota is a lot less than almost any other brand out there. Mm-hmm. But but yes, the information's out there. Like you can you can see all of what you're going to probably run into during ownership of that vehicle. So you can either prepare for it or be like ah never mind and just do your thing. And that's what gets a lot of people in trouble. Mm-hmm. Again, ranting, but yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> right now, it's just it's. It's like at work. It's been insane. It's I, I'll have to. I will send you a photo tomorrow. I don't have. I forgot to take. It. I've been meaning to take it before I leave work, and I have it. So I'll have to take it tomorrow. I have one bay right now that literally the vehicle's up in the air. Its transmission's out on a bench. 
then the transmission for an F-150 is also out on a bench underneath this car. The 1.5 in transmission, 1.5 liter uh, four-cylinder and transmission out of an escape are underneath this car. Um, and I'm about to take a two liter apart. Um, and I sold another one five head gasket job. That's no, sorry. Two liter head gasket job. Um, oh yeah. It, it, like, and this is where the whole like trucking thing is coming into play. Getting parts is getting fun. Cause a lot of our stuff's coming from our buddies up North. So full circle, man, but yes, yeah. <laughs> Man, sorry, it was it was cutting in and out of there, so I was trying to follow that oh, with, with bits and pieces. My my headphones, since I got the Bluetooth ones on, I don't know if they're dying. Normally, they tell me when they're dying, but they're cutting in and out a little bit. I'm trying to sit closer to gotcha. the laptop here. <laughs> but, but yes, it's it's been it's been interesting. Definitely, I I love telling customers like, oh yeah, back order, no ETA. <laughs> yeah. So I, I uh, so it's it, I did, did I tell you that I got a puppy uh, last month. I believe so. Okay. Well, I, I came home. Uh, yeah, I, I came home uh, and I remember telling you about the BMW. Well, I got the title for that thing and I came mm-hmm. home today to guess what? The title for the BMW shredded by the puppy. Oh, no. <laughs> so so I got to no. call the DMV tomorrow. And yeah, I got to call the DMV tomorrow. Get and title. See, because the full VIN number is there. Uh, it wasn't in my name. It was the title that I was was in somebody else's name when I got it. So I signed oh, it all, everything. No. It was notarized and everything. So I found a piece. I found a corner piece of where the notary stamp was. I found the entire VIN number, which was uneaten. But like the whole thing is just chocked full of, of puppy teeth marks, man. So oh, I don't know no. if they're going to believe my story or not. But I'm gonna, either that or I got a Title 42 of this thing. But I was hoping to get away easy with the that BMW rebuild that I was doing. What's okay. So what's the title of 42? Uh, you know, I have those up there. So title 42, I'm, or at least in Oklahoma, uh, if you come across a vehicle or if a vehicle has been abandoned on the property or was there when you purchased the property and you didn't realize it or something like that, you can file for a title 42. And a lot of the ways, um, basically you pay a few hundred dollars. Sometimes notaries will do it. Uh, and they file the paperwork saying, hey, they, they run the background check on the vehicle to see if there's any liens on it. And if there are liens on it, they send out certified mail to the lien holders saying, hey, this guy's claiming this vehicle. Do you have objections to it? And they'll say yes or no, or we've already written it off, something like that. So that's mm-hmm. how you can go ahead and get green titles for vehicles uh, that okay. you get in sort of trades or off deals that you didn't just go out and buy a clean titled vehicle with. So kind of like okay. some of the the scrapper stuff that, that gets rebuilt. Yep. But that's a title 42. And I, and I've done it a few times. I did it on my last Denali. Uh, and okay. I mean, it takes, takes sometimes a few months to get back because you have to send everything snail mail. All has to be certified. So there's a legal trail on everything. So I might have to title 42, this BMW, which a few yeah, hundred dollars no, I, I didn't want to spend. <laughs> Yeah. Now, I we might have something like that in PA, but I, not that I'm aware of. So I know we have like abandoned vehicle and stuff, but I don't. That's the first time I've ever heard Title 42. So I don't know. We might. I might just be ignorant and don't know. But that was the first time I heard of it. You, you, you just don't j- deal in as many junk cars as I do. That's just the thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. That's gonna be awesome to see that beam beamer getting going though. That's gonna yeah, be fun. Yeah, I'm I'm I think I'm gonna throw like the most ridiculous size spoiler on it. I'm gonna get it wrapped in something some raunchy anime 
or something like that. I'm just going to go off the wall crazy with it, man. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my word. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to go crazy with it. All right, man. I think we're going to call it there. Cool. Thanks. Thanks for being on. And uh, thanks all to our, all our listeners. And then you can find us. Uh, you can subscribe to us on Apple and uh, Spotify and pretty much anywhere you're listening to this. If you haven't subscribed, please subscribe. And uh, hey, thanks for tuning in. Have a great day, everyone. See you. Bye. <laughs>